welcome to Hacker Public Radio, episode number 114 for Friday, June 6, 2008. Super incredible, mind-blowing, life-changing video Linux Bonanza on Happy Happy Fun Time episode. Hey, I am Morgellon, the low-tech mystic. And I'm Sortiel. And you? <laughs> well, you, my friends, would be listening to another fine episode of Hacker Public Radio. And today on Hacker Public Radio, uh, if you haven't noticed that I have a wonderful co-host with me today, it's uh, Mr. Sortiel. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm very happy to have Mr. Sortiel with me today on this episode of Hacker Public Radio because we're going to talk about video editing. And more precisely, video editing on Linux, because we all love Linux, and, uh, you know, in one way or another, we love video. Whether it be those, like, late-night prawn sessions or other such things, you know, video is crucial to our daily experience. So to be able to take uh, that power of video and be able to control it in our own hands, much like we do with open-source software, we have certain open source tools for video editing. And uh, let's go ahead and give a little rundown of some different uh, video editors that are available in Linux. Uh, probably the most widely known, uh, at least to the people I've talked to, obviously, is Kino. Uh, Ubuntu Studio uses it by default. Uh, several people have used it. Uh, it, in my opinion, it, it's a great video editor, but it lacks in several areas. It lacks in effects. It lacks in options. Uh, Cinelara is another one that I think is really a great video editor overall, uh, but I do find it, at least in my experience, to be a bit buggy. i uh, found that it lacks in options. It lacks in uh, customization. So clearly these would most likely be the most common video editors that the average Linux user would be familiar with. Uh, like you said, Ubuntu, Ubuntu Studio comes with Kino, and a lot of people are familiar with that and that want to get into the whole video editing thing. And I guess a lot of ways we kind of compare Kino to almost kind of like a Windows movie maker. Kinda. Yeah, and exactly. it's, it's, it's not necessarily and it's evil that it's a Microsoft-like product, and it's more like the uh, fact that it's the ease of its use. It's a very kind of drag and drop interface, and it's a visual kind of guided thing. But uh, clearly, from listening to you talk, you clearly don't you find both products lacking. So, is there something else out there in the video editing world as far as Linux that you like to use? Uh, the video editor that I use uh, is Lives. It's an acronym for Lives is a video editing system. Uh, so it's one of those uh, funky acronyms that has an acronym within the acronym. Yeah, kind of like the GNU. Yeah, it makes my head hurt. <laughs> it's like the whole idea of, you know, those who play D&D, I'm getting, prepare, I'm going to blow your mind. What would happen if you turned a bag of holding inside out? <laughs> ah! 
uh, you know, you just, I just blown your mind. Uh, but anyway, okay. <laughs> so much like an acronym, which we've blown our mind. Lives is a cool video editing software. Um, I'm playing silly, and the fact that I don't know that you use Lives, I, I've, I know for a fact that you like to do some AMV editing, and we'll get into more of what AMVs are. But I've seen uh, your videos, and I've been really impressed with them. And then the fact that I learned that while all that editing was done under Linux, it's it was very impressive, so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to, uh, I'm very happy that you wanted to join me on the show today and talk with the community about Lives, because I think a lot of people really have never heard of Lives or have no clue what it is, and I think it's very important for people to know about it, so I'll quit rambling and let you. Uh, yeah, Lives is a extremely good video editor. Uh, it's maintained by a gentleman by the name of Gabriel Finch, who goes by the handle of Salsa Man. And uh, it's a very, very good multi-track editor. Uh, it can handle just about anything you can throw at it as far as video formats. It uses mPlayer, so any kind of video format that mPlayer can handle, it can handle uh, as far as audio goes. Uh, MP3, OGG Vorbis, Mod, XM, Wave, CD track audio, or any kind of other external audio sources that you want to use. It's capable of uploading. Uh, really, Lives kind of breaks down as far as when you're using it into two different sections, one of which is your clip editor, and the other one is your multi-track editing. The Clip editor I found to be extremely good uh, to go back to kind of the comparison to Kino, where Kino tends to have, you know, more of like a slider, and I've noticed that sometimes, you know, it's kind of difficult to get exactly where you want. Uh, do notice newer versions have kind of added a frame-by-frame -frame in tracker. Okay. Uh, Lives has the whole where you can go frame-by-frame -frame from beginning to end. Uh, you can select any kind of section of the video that you want uh, you can cut from that you can merge it back into the frame so you get that nice bleed through effect okay uh, lives also has a whole lot of effects that I've noticed a lot of other video editors don't carry uh, one that I really like is called a charcoal effect and uh, being an AMV maker it's a really, really good effect because it kind of gives that manga or comic book, as far as the black and white comic book kind of style to the image. Um, another really good one that I like is the negate. Uh, other video editors have negate, obviously, to make the image look like a negative. Uh, but the amount of control you have as far as how much you know, you're going to negate the image or the manipulation of that negation, uh, I was really, really impressed with. Um, as far as any kind of the other effects that are involved, there's a whole huge list of default effects, just about anything you could think of, to flip frames horizontally, vertically. Uh, there's blur effects, monochrome, colorization, which is you know excellent for fade in and fade outs. I'm a big fan of whiteouts, so I okay. use colorization quite a bit. Um, then there's also the RFX, which Gabriel Finch is also involved in the development of RFX, uh, which really RFX is a, uh, it's a grouping of effects to be able to plug in and add real-time effects to video. Uh, 
and Lives has the ability to add on new effects off of the Lives website, uh, which we'll have in the show notes. Of course. Uh, there are add-on scripts, uh, being an AMV maker, another add-on script that's not in the default effects is D-Sub. So, you know, if you're an anime fan and you happen to watch any of the animes out there in their original Japanese with English subtitles, but you want to make an AMV, but you don't want those subtitles in there, the D-Sub add-on removes those. Uh, there's a text overlay by default in the effects of lives. That will allow you, you know, to put you know, text over the video. There's another add-on that's text overlay two. That's a script that you can download from the add-on section at the live's homepage. That adds more to it, where you can move the text around within the frames. Uh, you can add more effects to the actual text itself. Um, but also as if I'm not mistaken, most of the effects are written in Perl. So anytime, you know, if you could think of an effect you want to do and you had the, the knowledge with Perl to write your own script for the effects, you could write it and it's a simple matter of when you're in the clip editor window for lives, there's an advanced tab. At the bottom, once you click on the advanced tab, it says add or edit uh, RFX. All you have to do is click on that, select where you've downloaded the script or written it yourself, and it will automatically upload that effect for use at any time after that, which is one of the customization features of Lives that other video editors, I think, you know, really should have already jumped on. All right, cool. So now to jump back kind of to uh, earlier, like my keynote reference to Windows Movie Maker. Now... Do I hate to compare open source software to other kind of things, but to help our audience and the people listening, what now, lives definitely sounds from the list of options and stuff that you've been sharing with us, it definitely sounds like it's a very powerful environment. Now, is these the kind of things that are available in Cinelera, or Cinelera is capable of some of these things? And also, what would you compare it to as far as the commercial environment? Is this something that's on par with Premiere or Vegas? Or how, how do you feel about that, being a person that's familiar with the video editing process? Uh, well, as far as uh, comparing it to you know some of the mainstream video editors that are out there, uh, obviously Premiere is one of the cream of the crops. Uh, Premiere Pro is just the top tier, in my opinion. I've used it personally. Uh, it, it's not quite there, but, you know, you're also talking about freeware from, you know, commercially available uh, and software. And a big difference in the pocketbook as well. Right. You know, you're, you're going to drop a nice penny for the Premiere Pro and such suites. So, keep that in mind. Another... Uh, to talk about like the Vegas, I really think that lives, uh, it's currently still in beta. Uh, the 1.0 release will be out. I believe it's supposed to be in July or August. Uh, but as far as comparing it to Vegas, I think it's right on par with that or pretty close to Vegas. Uh, I see in the future that it could surpass Vegas. Uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself or, uh, you know, Gabriel may send me an email telling me I'm crazy for saying that. <laughs> but uh, I'm really, really impressed with it. Uh, 
encoding is one of the things like I've noticed with Sinalara and Kino that uh, Live just really does such a better job with. Uh, the encoders that it can use, obviously, since it uses mPlayer, mEncoder is one. It can use transcode, FFmpeg, encode DV, mJPEG tools, SSWF, if you know uh, you want to actually encode your video in Flash. The one that I like the most is multi encoder because it gives you options for just about every format out there uh, that's relevant, at least. And uh, as far as, say, MPEG, it gives you varying qualities. So, you know, okay. if you're needing to actually scale down and get a particular file size, there are varying qualities of MPEG. Uh, it's capable of doing OGM and MKV for people that, you know, are kind of more into the, the, the MKV kind of wrappers or like the lossless audio of OGG. Uh, it uses the Jack Audio uh, server, which I'm really impressed with. Uh, if you use, uh, if we're using it on Linux, one of the things that I did run into issue-wise was that if you tried to use any other kind of uh video player or audio player uh, where lives takes over your audio server entirely you can't get audio playback so basically if I've got lives going there's no option of me like opening up VLC or in player or something and searching around for clips to put in like if lives is going it's going to take over my sound and my video so I'm not going to be able to do anything else as far as that's concerned while lives is going well, you'll be able to get video playback. Uh, there's no problem with that. It's just the audio. There is audio issues, but I did find there's a package uh, that's called Jack EQ. And the package solves that issue because it strictly involves uh, multiple in and out signals. Uh, so it will take a Jack signal where you can route it to multiple programs. Excellent. So it solves the whole problem of lives taking over your entire audio server. And that's the Jack EQ plugin? The Jack EQ plugin. And is that available for your standard repositories? Or is that something you need to go to the Jack website? or uh, As far as Mandriva, uh, Gentoo, Ubuntu, Debian, and of course any of those two, any of their spinoffs... It is in the repository by default. Uh, never once not seen it in any of them. Excellent. So easily available. So let's do a little bit of a comparison between uh, most people are probably familiar, familiar with on one level or another that have missed with video editing and Linux. They're probably familiar with Sinalera because anytime I've ever asked the question of what do I use in Linux to edit video, the response has always been Sinalera. So, uh, and like I said, not to bash or anything, but we're just wanting to uh, compare basically on an open level. You know, how do you feel being a person that is somewhat involved with video editing? How, how would you compare the lives and similar experience? Are there different option levels? Can we go, is one more powerful than the other? Does one have a, just pros and cons? How do you feel about it? I feel that lives is a far more powerful video editor than Sinalera is. Uh, another issue that many people found with Sinalera is that, uh, you know, it can be 
complex to install, whereas Lives has packages for most major Linux distros. Uh, the tarball installation is obviously fairly simple. There's no you know, added repositories like in Cinelera that you have to add. Uh, as far as I know, it's capable of running in Windows and Mac as well. Oh, wow. Which so is another thing, very cross-platform. So do you hear that, you guys that are stuck on Windows or you've got a Mac? Hey, Lives is there for you. Uh, another thing, I can't confirm it, but uh, there also is a Live CD uh, out there If on the tutorials page, which we'll have in the show notes. There is a link uh, in the page. It says that it's a live CD for lives, but uh, I'm not sure if Gabriel's still involved with that project. It's Don Bollock, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, which is a, just a live CD for multimedia and artistic uh, tools. Okay. And uh, it used to use lives at one point. I'm not sure if it still does, uh, but... I really thought that that was kind of a nice feature. Uh, Lives is very resource light, I've noticed, compared to a lot of video editors. Um, So now is this something I'm going to be able to run on the tablet here? I mean, I've got a Centrino 1.7 megahertz processor with a gig of RAM. I mean, is this something I can seriously think about doing video editing on using Lives in Linux and not be frustrated with insane load times? Or, you know, what... You know, you say it's hardware light, but video editing in general, you know, I've always thought of as I'm going to need, you know, the super awesome computer to even think about it. So, uh, well, it, actually, memory-wise, it's very light. It only requires 512 meg. Uh, processor is another thing which, you know, every person that's ever tried to get into video editing before, that's where you get, you know, that you need the power PC kind of thing going right. on to be able to do video editing correctly. Uh, I'm almost positive that uh, 2.4 gigahertz Pentium 4 or equivalent is required, but I mean, in today's world where dual cores and quad cores are kind of the standard, the fact that it'll run so well on a single core uh, of that caliber or, you know, equivalent, it, I think is, is actually very, very good. Okay. So as far as we're getting into video editing is going to be somewhat of a resource intensive kind of deal, but you're saying as far as video editing goes, this is on the lighter end of that spectrum. Yes, very much so. Uh, especially going back to, you know, if you're talking about, uh, Premiere or Vegas or, uh, I think that one's cutting floor. Any of those, uh, those are, ex, you know, from my experience, have been extremely resource heavy. And uh, lives is half that, if not less. Uh, so, it, you know, it's very capable of running on uh, a wide variety of systems. Good deal. Good deal. That's that's what we like to hear. So uh, definitely feel free to try it out. Remember, uh, your mileage may vary. But... Uh, Definitely with those those thoughts in mind, feel free to check this out. And if you're kind of questioning what kind of hardware you've got, you know, feel free to check it out because it's free. So you're not going to be set back anything. And if nothing else, you might have a, a broken heart for a few days. But, you know, hearts do heal. So 
But lives definitely sounds like an, a very interesting program, and I'm very excited to learn about all these things that lives can do. And I, I'm not necessarily a video editing guy, and you're talking about all these different options and things that lives can do, and, you know, in some ways it's a little bit overwhelming, you know, wow, all these things that it can do, you know, so you mentioned earlier, uh, they've got, uh, their, I think you said they had a wiki or tutorial page, so mm -hmm. they do offer a little bit of a helping hand to those of us who may be noobs to video editing and say, hey, I love Linux, and I'd really like to get into video editing, so there are resources out there available for someone like myself that can the tutorial page uh, that they have is a extremely great resource. Uh, I, Gabriel himself, I had the issue where I could not figure out how to get lives to do the, the frame merging, which is the bleed through one portion of a scene fades out while the next portion kind of bleeds through that image as, you know, the previous one is fading out. Okay. And... I'd emailed him, and I think maybe 10 minutes later, he had already emailed me back explaining how you go about doing that. Oh, wow. So he is an extremely cool guy. Uh, he also does a lot of VJ work. Uh, his stage name is VJ Salsa. He's gone all around Europe uh, playing, and he uses lives in his VJ shows. And, uh, and for those who may not be familiar with the term VJ... We're talking about video DJ kind right. of deal, right? Yeah, basically where they've set up a lot of uh, different video clips or they've done, you know, a kind of uh, mosaic almost of different videos with all kinds of effects overlaid with music in the background, timing up to the effects changes and things such as that. Uh, it's a very general description, but... Right. Uh, that's basically what it is. And if any of us who have ever been to any kind of a concert or show, uh, we can testify to the coolness of the stuff that's going on in the background. And so while we're on the fact of uh, Mr. Salsa Man, or Gabriel, as he's known in the RL, uh, you know, he's involved in some other things. And I'm clearly very impressed with the lives, development and the whole environment that it presents. So I'd really like to go ahead and uh, take a few moments to just promote in general other stuff that uh, Salsa Man has been involved with and stuff that he does in general because he's done great work with lives and it feels that he deserves rec uh, you know, uh, to be acknowledged for the work that he's done right. and that other, sh other people should definitely check out lives, especially if you're interested in video editing. Because it's clearly uh, very amazing to see that level of performance on open source Linux distro. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Salsman is also involved in a project called uh, Video Jack. Uh, it's a framework for passing real-time video between applications. Uh, I'm not uh, real familiar with the project. Um, a lot of it's over my head. This guy is ten times smarter than I am. Uh, Oh, so you're just wasting our time with fancy words. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, OCM, which is a multiple application syntax and framework for the control of multimedia applications, is another project he's involved in. Uh, Levito, it's a cross-platform standard for video effects. It's used in lives. Uh, 
obviously he's part of the RFX, which is all the real-time effects and the add-ons for the right, real-time right. effects and lives that you can do. Uh, so really, every portion of lives he's involved in, uh, the like I said, the video jack that he's involved in, uh, which would explain why they use, you know, the jack audio servers and all that. Uh, he, like I said, he's also a uh, VJ and does a lot of work with that. Uh, I also know that uh, he worked for a long time as an IT guy. I think he does lives full time now. Uh, they're also looking for donations as far as the... Uh, 1.0 release of lives that's also you know off of the SourceForge homepage that they have you can get to it um, so lives actually plans on other like compared to other web 2.0 such applications they actually plan on coming out of beta and actually going to a, an actual release is what you're saying here oh yeah definitely uh, the <laughs> incredible <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, definitely uh, the 1.0 version, like I said before, I believe is scheduled to be released around July or August, I think. Uh, and I'm really shocked that the current version, which I think is 0 0.9.8.12, uh, I'm really shocked that it's a beta because I've had no issues with it uh, crashing. I haven't found no bugs so far. Uh, so it just kind of shocks me that it hasn't already hit that 1.0 mark. Excellent. So let's just give a point of reference for people who are listening to the show. What is the system that you are running lives on as far as what disk show, what kind of hardware, what kind of specs are you running lives with and having this positive experience with? Uh, on my system, uh, the distro that I'm using is the Kubuntu 8.04, the hardy release. Uh, as far as specs on the computer that I'm using, uh, it has an AMD X2 uh, 5000 plus processor um, running on 2 gigs of DDR400 RAM. And um, I've run it on the same computer when I had a AMD. Athlon uh, 4000 plus and 512 megs of RAM. Okay. Uh, but yeah, currently I, I'm a little above par, I, I would say, as far as uh, specs and all that. But uh, it runs, you know, extremely smoothly on, on the setup that I have now. Uh, and like I said, no problems whatsoever out of it. Uh, but also, it, like I said before, it'll run on a plethora of machines out there. Well, that that's definitely incredible and definitely makes me excited about the possibilities of some quote-unquote hardcore video editing within the Linux environment and stuff like that. So uh, we definitely would like to uh, definitely give a lot of thanks to uh, Gabriel Salsaman for all this time and work. And while we're on the topic of video editing, I'd like to talk about a way of capturing video. Um, if you're going to get involved in video editing, depending on what you're doing, you may want to actually go out into uh, RL, or the real world, as some people like to call it, and actually go out and capture some video, or perhaps you're working on a, uh, a project 
which you would like to take videos or pictures of and capture that and be able to share that with other people. Um, I've recently uh, came across a nice little piece of electronics hardware. It is the Aptek A-HD uh, little video camcorder. It's a nice little unit. It's about the pack. It's about the size of a. It's a little bit larger than a pack of cigarettes, and it's a little bit thicker than that size. Uh, one of the most interesting things about this unit is the fact that it's capable of recording in high definition. Hence the name, the Aptek A-HD. So this device actually records in 720p. And the neat thing about it is definitely the price tag is the fact that this is available for $120. You can do a search on uh, Amazon.com and you can pull it up for that price. Or if you're somebody like myself who is impatient and would like to go ahead and buy it that day, uh, Circuit City is also a place that has it for $120. So that's uh, actually where I went to purchase mine because I am an impatient little fool. And so I wanted to go ahead and get it that day. The, I had a hole burning in my pocket. <laughs> so I went up and uh, purchased it. And I've been very pleased with the unit overall. I've had experience with uh, in the past with other 8-tech units. And uh, this is a, a great improvement upon the previous units that I've had before. Uh, the device is capable of using a regular SD card or an uh, uh, HDSD card. So I currently have a 4 gigabyte uh, high capacity SD card in my unit and it allows me to have up to about 2 hours of 720p definition audio recording or video recording. Let me restate that. But uh, it also is capable of recording audio or just working as a camera. And its highest mode is capable of taking up to I believe 5.1 megapixel pictures. Um, I, I want to say it says 8 megapixel are capable, but um, you know, your mileage may vary. I don't know about that. But uh, basically for $120 it's a killer little unit. Uh, the battery, as uh, the battery is different compared to uh, the previous 8-tech little uh, camcorder devices that I had in the past. Instead of being uh, uh, powered by two AA batteries, this is actually powered by a small lithium-ion battery. So um, it kind of eliminates the uh, the cool convenience of being able to go down to uh, any kind of store or just pull out some extra batteries and uh, have battery life for the camera. But uh, on the side note, the camera also charges through USB. So if you're able to uh, have a small unit, which um, I think most people have an MP3 player or such kind of devices, uh, may be familiar with units that have two AA batteries that have, go out to a USB connector to charge various USB devices. So this kind of thing will work with the Aptek AHD. Also as well, uh, if you go to the store and buy it, it comes with uh, various uh, output cables. So your output cable, um, you've got a headphone, kind of audio jack looking output, and you're capable of doing the regular RCA uh, output, and also it comes with another cable that is capable of doing component audio out. Oh, nice. So you, if you've if you've got a TV that's capable of doing a natural 720p, you can use the component cables and see that full definition of the video that you've recorded. 
from the camera directly straight to the TV. Now, as far as talking about the 720p, uh, on the camera itself, is it capable of scaling down the resolution? Yeah, now you can scale it down. Uh, it has a, I'm going to space here on the resolutions, but it's got a 640 by 480 mode, and then a 320 by two, two, 280 something. something. Yeah, forgive me, uh, much alcohol once again involved in the episode. But uh, so you're capable of changing the different resolutions of the video that you take and the pictures that you take. So you can scale it down if you don't need the super high quality. And also as a benefit, you get more storage space for your video or uh, your pictures. Uh, but one thing I have to say, I, I, it's kind of nice to have a cheap little unit, like I said, for about $120 that's capable of, you know, recording that high definition video. So this is a... A uh, unit that I can carry around with me, and if something happens bad to it, where I it gets splashed with water, or I drop it, or whatever worst case scenario, I'm only out $120 as compared to a high quality video camera, where I may be out, you know, several hundred dollars. Upwards and be, of a thousand. Exactly, and be very, very sad. Now, uh, to to mention a couple, uh, you know, this. It's not completely covered in glory, the 8-tick A-HD. Um, it obviously has some downsides due to its price and cheap manufacture. Uh, some of the immediate downsides that are obvious is the fact that it's not really uh, appropriate for high speed or quick, a lot of a video capture with a lot of motion. So if you're thinking you're going to go out and buy this unit and record, you know, your children playing soccer or kind of sports-like events in 720p, you may be a little disappointed. You may see a little bit of choppiness with the video. Um, and while I'm on the subject, uh, on the way home from school today, uh, I recorded uh, a bit of audio. Shit. A bit of video <laughs> with the ATEC AHD camera. Uh, while I was in the car to demonstrate uh, the resolution quality of the picture and also how it deals with a high-speed movement. Right. And one thing you see as far as, while I've got the camera pointing straight ahead towards oncoming traffic, the picture is fairly good. And there's no problems with the speed of stuff going along. Uh, I think I'm going around 55 miles per hour in the video but now if I take the camera and I point it towards uh, either the driver's side or passenger window, a lot of stuff that I'm passing by that is relatively close to the camera gets relatively distorted and tears appears to come across as an angle or angled in a, in a weird manner. So it could give you that cool little um, quality aspect that you might be looking for. But at the same time, if you were looking at something for a, a super high quality effect you're going to be disappointed with the camera but <laughs> surprise it was $120 but overall this is a nice little unit uh two it's uh the construction it's at a bunch of different angles as far as the body of the case so this is not something you're going to be able to stand on its base and walk away from it and expect to take uh, pictures or video with it just sitting on its base, which is kind of a disappointment, because uh, previous 8-tech units have all been very square. 
and this unit uh, actually has some bit of an angle to it and uh but to compensate for that they also have the standard um the standard uh tripod mount for the camera so i can mount this with the small little uh five inch tripod that i have that's portable and i can carry with me anywhere i go or the standard big three foot nine foot any kind of tripod that i would work with any other camera is going to work with this unit so that is a nice little compensation to the fact that it's shaped real funny and you can't just stand it on its uh on its base Another feature that uh, I was rather impressed with uh, the unit's capability is the fact that you can record in from video sources using the unit. So you can actually kind of turn the unit into a portable video recorder. So if you're at a buddy's house and you have the ability of tapping into an RCA out or a component out, you can actually record straight to this unit and h2.64 so that that's definitely something that's very uh, neat or at least as far as 720p but uh, that's something that I found that was very neat about the unit in general and uh, another thing I was kind of curious about is uh, when you actually film with it as far as you know you're just standing there filming uh, as far as this you know the automatic subtle motions that your body is going to naturally have how does it do with stability the stability is a, is a little bit off it's uh it's actually better than uh previous models that i've owned before for around the same price range uh but you're still going to have that jitter you're definitely going to if you intend to use this for a serious kind of any kind of filming uh you can get away with using it to that aspect if you've got a tripod this is not something that you're going to want to use on any kind of serious level and attempt to use it hand-mounted, uh, not without any kind of external device, because you're going to see that jitter. Right. And going back to the scaling down of the video from the, the 720, uh, when you do scale down the video, have you noticed any kind of increase in battery life? Um, to a small extent, I've mostly only recorded only in the 720p because I'm still kind of in the whole love with the fact that I've got a device that will record in high definition. But I've definitely read from uh, the user forums and other, uh, other, other people's commentary on the device, and I've seen the same effect from my personal use, that you get much better battery life from the unit by doing short bursts of clips. Uh, if you, the unit right now with the 4 gig uh, SD card, I'm actually capable of recording two hours of video, but if I were to turn it on and just leave it, the battery would die after about an hour of continuous use. Okay. But now if I were to burst and just do short video clips, I could actually extend it much further beyond an hour. Right. So that's actually a, an interesting thing to bring up about the unit. So it's definitely better suited for short clips and stuff like that. So if you're somebody that's uh, working on projects and uh, whether it be electronics or just kind of would like to have the ability to record in a high quality um, definition, whether it be video or pictures, uh, this is definitely a nice unit to uh, look into. I've also uh, recently noticed that last weekend uh, uh, ApeTech came out with an upgrade to this model of camera and it's now available in a 1080p 
definition. So, and that model is selling for around 150, which makes me want to say, uh, cause that was the original price for the AHD unit, which records in 720p. So, if the new unit is available for 150, I'd like to think that you might be able to find a 720p unit for cheaper than 120, or you may look into getting a 1080p model for cheaper than 150. Because they are definitely, the, the units definitely have their limitations. They are made out of plastic. They don't nef- necessarily feel rock solid. So it's kind of hard to necessarily look at the camera and take it seriously. But it does have a good picture quality output. So I'd like to go ahead and start to wrap things up with uh, just generally encouraging anybody, if you're interested in getting involved with producing video on one level or another, uh, definitely check out this little cheap 8-Tech A-HD unit. Um, it's a lot cheaper and it's a lot higher quality compared to other uh, more popular units that are out there on the market. I know a lot of people are uh, really familiar with like the flip uh, model camera. Uh, they're coming out with newer units and stuff like that. But for the pro- the the bang for your buck, so to speak, um, I'm really blown out of the water with the 8-Tech unit. And so when it comes down to what do I do with the footage that I've captured... You know, definitely look into Lives. Lives is definitely a very interesting and amazing uh, video application. It's definitely, um, it's definitely amazing as far as its scalability. As far as, you know, kind of in a way to compare it to a Windows Movie uh, Maker. As far as like uh, one of the things that I, I'll have to say, um, guilty sin, that I, I was impressed with that program is the fact that I could to a degree set out the the output file size right. so if I knew that I needed a file to be small in its output file because I was going to email it or something like that then I could really scale down that video and from what I gather as far as like the MPEG quality and stuff like that that's an option that you can do in lives as well right anytime you have a, a video that you've done and uh, you go to encode the video, and it gives you options for the frame size that you want to do it in, uh, which is you know one way of scaling down your file size. And then when you go to select your encoder, uh, like I said, my favorite is the multi encoder because it does offer those varying qualities of MPEG, which scales down your file size even more. Uh, and two, we also have to note that just in general, Lives is very friendly about taking any kind of audio or video format that you may have on hand. At least as far as it's a modern codec is kind of concerned. So, and, and that's something that's definitely very impressive. No matter what you're bringing it in as far as if I'm using my ATEC unit or I'm importing video from another source or stuff like that. Lives is not going to freak out about it, and it's going to be able to handle it in a capable way. Yeah, every video format so far that I've thrown at it, and every audio format so far that I've thrown at it, it's been able to load up and handle just fine. So, and to the uh, the scalability factor as far as uh, the plugins that are available with uh, the Pearl module, so if you've got the ability, if you've got the 
the Pearl Ninja skills. You know, you can jump into this much like in Audacity. It has the, uh, the, the function and availability to where you can code your own plugins for Audacity. So that's something that, you know, it's definitely open to, kind of like how Premiere and s certain other uh, Apple video editors can take Apple scripts and stuff like that. The same aspect is carrying over to lives. And two, the other thing that's really impressive as far as lives, as far as video editors go, it's definitely lightweight and compared to others. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, especially going back to the whole, if you're going to, you know, compare it to Premiere or... Vegas, or uh, even from what I've noticed as far as Cinelera goes, uh, it, it's a bit more lightweight. And uh, like I said, I don't know if it was the version of Cinelera I used, but uh, it was very buggy, whereas I've had little to no issue bug-wise out of lives. So that's that's definitely very cool. And so if you're interested more about lives, we do have some more resources available for you. Uh, so you can dig into more information about lives. There is a lives mailing list. Yeah, there's a user mailing list that uh, the lives homepage is lives.sourceforge.net, and from there there's links to the live lives users mailing list, and then there's also a lives develop mailing list for uh, if you have any kind of development ideas that you know you want to throw into the mailing list or you got uh you know you want to know about uh, different techniques as far as coming up with that on scripts things like that and uh, the user mailing list if you got any questions about how to do particular things uh, everyone i've talked to there's a way to do just about anything you want to do in lives and somebody out there has figured out a way to do it and the lives users mailing list is one of those resources uh, that can help you out greatly in those areas. Now, do they have a wiki or anything else like that available that people can go back and as far as looking at stuff that around other people have already covered? Uh, there, There is a wiki. Uh, the the wiki basically gives you links back to their, their page at SourceForge. Uh, it doesn't seem like many people have done a whole lot with the wiki. Okay. Uh, it could definitely be added on to. Uh, but then there's also the tutorials page. Um, and the, the tutorials page is available at this nice URL, which I'm not going to attempt to at all pronounce with my fine Kentucky accent, but I will enunciate and uh, spell it out for you. It's www.reimeika.ca forward slash lives forward slash lives underscore guide dot html and if you for some reason aren't comfortable with that as always there will be extensive show notes available at the hackerpublicradio.org website you can look under episode number 114 or do a search for Morgellon or Sortil and you will find this episode with all of our wonderful show notes and the availability Availability to download this episode over and over to your heart's content. <laughs> and also, we'd like to mention while we're giving out links that if you'd like to see some of, uh, as far as the application, as far as what lives is capable, we mentioned earlier in the episode that 
Mr. Sortil likes to do AMVs. Right. And we didn't touch upon the fact that if you're not familiar with what an AMV is, an AMV stands for Anime Music Video. And in general, an anime music video is clips from a particular anime or multiple animes set to a music. So, kind of like a music video, but yeah. instead of the clips, you're using uh, clips from a particular anime that you like. Right. And if you'd like to see some examples of some of the AMVs that Mr. Sortil has greatly done, they are very nice. Uh, he's got a YouTube account. And you can go to youtube.com slash sortil. That's spelled S-O-R-T-E-A-L. So you can go to youtube.com slash sortil to uh, easily stream those videos. And also, we have a uh, different, uh, if you'd like to see the full quality of those videos, you can go to serverwillprovide.com slash sortil. And you can download full quality videos of the AMVs that he's done. And also, if you're curious about the video quality of the A-HD APTIC uh, camera that I've been talking about, the video that I mentioned earlier is available for download at serverwillprovide.com slash HPR. And these links will be available in the show notes. Another uh, thing that you can go to uh, to see more of what Salsa Man has done as far as uh, with lives when you go to lives.sourceforge.net slash demos he has a embedded uh, YouTube player with a demo of what he's done in lives to give an example uh, it's very much you know VJ style where he's overlaid a lot of effects so it gives you an idea of just the multitude of effects that are available okay. uh, there's another gentleman named Marco De Cruz I think or De La Cruz and uh, he has another example that you can download. Uh, there's links right off that demos page. Uh, plus, if you have any problem finding my AMVs, there's a link on the demos page directly to all the AMVs that I've done that are uploaded on YouTube. Excellent, excellent. So one thing, too, that I'd like to bring up here as we we joyfully move ourselves towards the end of the show, <laughs> I, would, I would like to bring up the fact that it was really cool the fact that we were able to contact uh, Gabriel or Salsa Man and let him know that we were interested in his his application as far as video editing. Uh, Mr. Sortil has been using his application for a while now and has been in correspondence with him. And the interesting fact that I like to note, and I'll let Sortil expand upon this, but it's the fact that you know, A, he made contact having questions as far as I'm having problems doing, you know, this type of fade or stuff like that and getting good feedback. And the fact that we were interested in doing an episode of Hacker Public Radio about lives, we, you know, submitted an email or, well, I, we know Sortil <laughs> submitted an email to uh, salsa man and let him know that we were going to do this and he was very uh, responsive to it yeah. and immediately sent us back an email and it was a very positive experience and so I definitely would like to encourage people out there that are listening to this episode if you're still hanging in there with us then you definitely feel passionate about either video editing or open source software or maybe you're just kind of drunk and you know you just kind of made it here on accident <laughs> But regardless, we definitely would like to encourage you to, 
any kind of application that you like, especially if it's open source, send a little bit of feedback to that developer and let him know, if nothing else, hey, I enjoy it. Or if you've got some kind of weird problem or something that happens only in a certain distro, give him feedback. Let him know. Because as a developer working on a project, even if it's just that metaphorical pat on the back through an email saying, hey, I like your application, that really means a lot to those people. And it can be that little bit of extra oomph that keeps them going and helps them put out that next edition or the next version that you so much enjoy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The Going back to the, the salsa man, you know, he was very, very cooperative, more so than I had expected. And, you know, he, he really made an impression on me as far as, you know, how quickly he got back with me and how he was willing to, you know, give us a lot of this information as far as, you know, his other projects and his kind of bio and what he does and was interested in the fact that we were doing an episode on lives. I think, uh, you know, I think he was kind of excited about that, or at least I hope he was. Yeah, I hope we've done him quasi-justice. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not to get an email back saying, don't ever email me again. <laughs> you son of a... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've definitely been very excited about, uh, you know, just the openness that uh, Mr. Gabriel Sossaman has had towards us uh, promoting his uh, application lives, and we've been very happy with it. And we also would like to note that, uh, you know, as far as being in contact with the developer and, you know, letting me know that, hey, we enjoy your program and, hey, we're going to do an episode on this, you know, weird podcast about your program, you know, would you be interested in doing an interview and talking about it with us? And that was something that we were very excited about, or, well, you know, Sortil sent the email. (laughs) Yeah, I was ecstatic when I got it back, because, I mean, I just kind of asked him out of the blue, and, you know, I think he maybe had two, two, maybe three other kind of email correspondence with me about this, and, you know, I'd asked him about doing an interview, and, you know, again, maybe 10 to 15 minutes later, had an email back saying, you know, hey, I'd love to do an interview at some point. Which I thought, you know, was just really cool of this guy. So that that's definitely something, A, we look forward in the future, getting together again with you guys and bringing you an interview with uh, Mr. Gabriel, Mr. Salsa Man, and letting him firsthand explain how he feels about lives and some of the stuff that he's involved with. Because he's, he's done some great work here, and he definitely deso- deserves that proverbial nod and uh, a pat on the back for all the hard work that him and all the others in the development team have put into lives. Yeah, definitely. Uh, heck, if he's listening, thank you very much for lives. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So we definitely appreciate that work, and we also would like to encourage other people out there. You know, if there's an application that you enjoy using, get in contact with those developers and, you know, Maybe you'd like to do an episode of HBR about it, or maybe, you know, let them know that, you know, you'd be interested in doing an interview with them, you know. Let's, you know, we everybody's all about the self-promotion, yeah. and especially if it's a quality product such as Lives or other open source applications, there's nothing wrong with that self-promotion, and in some cases, such as Lives, it's well-deserved, because yeah. this is this wonderful application that most people are unaware of. And it needs to be, for lack of a better term, brought to the forefront and to people's awareness. 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, any any kind of program you've ever used that uh, you know kind of sank under the water or something, you know, maybe if that developer, group of developers, had gotten a bit more feedback, a bit more, you know, push to keep doing what they're doing, <coughs> saying, "Hey, we appreciate what you're doing." You know, some of these uh, open source projects that people love that kind of went down the tubes, you know, might still be around. So, you know, just something to think about. Definitely. So, and it's not all about, you know, well, I don't have the coding skills or there's nothing that I can contribute. Just by using the application, you are contributing. And to be able to give feedback as far as I have this kind of bugs or maybe it just works perfect. You know, give that kind of feedback and let that developer know because it may work perfect for you, but it may definitely work differently under other circumstances and different distributions and such as the way of Linux. So don't, don't underestimate yourself that you don't have anything to offer to the community because even if it's just feedback of I don't like it or I really like it, if you can illustrate that in a constructive manner other than just flame bait, you know, that's really helpful to the developer and that's part of the open source community and what ties those bonds and those strengths together. Yeah, and uh, you know any project that you like and and you use, and they've got a, a forum or an IRC channel or anything like that. You know that's another way to contribute. Somebody runs into a problem and you've been using it. You may not have the technical skills to actually help develop that project, but you can help other users, and those users will pass on through word of mouth that hey, this community behind this project will help you out in so many different ways. And that's that's a perfect example of one of my favorite quotes is that I have the ability to see so far because I stand on the shoulders of giants. And the open source community is a perfect example of that because not only do we put out our work out there, but we put it in such a format that it's open for other people to develop upon or maybe introduce ideas that we would have never thought upon. So this is definitely a strong driving point of the open source community. And as our rambling episode continues, we definitely like to, you know, just drive this point home one time further. So definitely get involved in any way you can. And definitely, uh, if nothing else, continue listening to Hacker Public Radio. We'd like to tune you, or we'd like to tune you. Get a little risque here on the <laughs> Hacker Public Radio. We'd like to thank you for tuning in and uh, for those special select individuals out there. We would like to tune you as well. But uh, those who lasted <coughs> this long, we will tune you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, nothing else. Uh, if you've made it this far into the episode, if you run into myself, Morgellon, or Sortil at a hacker con, you know, <laughs> we owe you a beer. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> So thanks for listening uh, today to Hacker Public Radio. And if nothing else, keep in uh, mind that there will be somebody else completely different on the next episode. So thanks again for listening, and we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by Caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.